Welcome. You are listening to the Learning to Believe Again podcast with your host, Brittany Bexton. Where do you begin when you're learning to believe again? Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. I have Malachias Gaskin on with me today. He is a friend, a fellow musician. He runs an awesome nonprofit helping veterans. And you're going to get to hear his awesome story because he has an awesome testimony. Welcome, Malachias. Hey, how you doing, Brittany? Good. How are you? I'm. I, my puppy is annoying me right now. I'm doing great. <laughs> well, we've got pups on both sides here, right? so we're good. If you hear panting on the line, that's what it is. <laughs> No, go, go lay down. Yes. No, I'm so, good though. How have I'm you been? S- good. I'm so glad to have you on today. We've been talking about doing this interview for a while. We have. We've been talking for a minute about this. And we're finally getting to do it. Spur of the moment. So this is even yes. better. So I just want to start by asking, I know that you love the Lord now. I know that you have a great relationship with God because you and I have talked a lot about that. But right. Where did that start for you? Did you grow up knowing the Lord? Did you grow up in church? What was your relationship with God like um, when you were a kid? So yeah, so that that's crazy. So like we off and on as a little kid, my mom would take me to church. Like we'd move into it because every every other year we moved. Um new school, new neighborhood, same city, but new school, new neighborhood, right? Um, we moved quite a bit. And so when that was going on, we, my mom would take me, we'd find a church and then somebody would say something stupid or rude and she'd be like, well, we're not going back. And then we would move again and then it would happen, you know, we tried again. So I kind of always knew. And then we got to like the location, basically where I grew up for the rest of my childhood. Um, when I was 10, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I, in, you know, 13 years of school or 12 years of school, I went to 13 schools. We wow. moved that much. And then I bounced around from private schools to public schools, you know, things like that. So, so I kind of, I did that, but then we, you know, we got to where we were kind of, where we settled finally and our neighbors from across the street, uh, Ruth and Roy, Roy was the, the associate pastor and, um, his wife was, uh, was, you know, she, I don't know what she did, but she was, she worked with the church and did things, but the, uh, I went to school with the pastor's daughter. And so every summer, like they would take me to the vacation Bible school and it would be like patches, the pirate and, you know, all the cool stuff or every, you know, cause it's always a different theme every summer, you know? Um, and so we did the, you know, we did that. And it's like, I, I think it was fourth grade, you know, I made that, that prayer of, you know, of repentance and, and asked Jesus to, you know, take my heart and, yeah. and all that. And then I focused on that for a few years and I, you know, as a kid, you know, and so it was kind of like, it didn't get nurtured. And so I kind of did this, you know, I kind of mm-hmm. bumped down, up and down, up and down. Um, and then I started going to a Catholic junior high school and I started, like, I had a crush on this girl that down the street from me that I was just enamored with. And she started taking me to her church. Um, she was two, three grades ahead of me. I think I was eighth grade. She was a junior. Um, but I was crazy about her and I started going to this church and I, you know, I recommitted my faith and, um, not because of her, but just because it was the byproduct of going to the youth group with her and going to church with yeah. her and all that. Um, and then I decided to get baptized and I, you know, I chose to get baptized and did that. Um, and so I've always had this, like from that point forward, I've always had this pretty steady relationship with God, yeah. um, except for 
when my second wife and I like when we split up and she left me and I got really angry and I literally laid in bed one night and I looked up at my ceiling and I was like, I am done with you. I know you wow. exist. I know you're there, but I'm done. Like you can't have me anymore. Wow. And I went off the rails. Like I was a really bad man for about a year. Um, and then my wife and I now, um, we've been together. We just celebrated our 20th wedding anniversary and, uh, you know, cause God ordained that I think. And then, yeah, we, we, we reconnected after about a 10 years hiatus from each other. Um, and, uh, that was in March of Oh two. And you May guys of, have been best friends when you knew for 10 you. years. Yeah. yeah. She was the maid of honor at my first wedding. Oh my um, gosh. yeah. And so, but she, uh, you know, I ran into her in March of Oh two May of Oh two. I got arrested. I got a DUI. Um, June 6th of 2002, we went out and did karaoke at a local club. And that night we started dating July 2nd of 2002. We got married. Wow. Um, but I, I literally, when, when we ran back into each other in March, I went home that night and I, I stood there in my house, just angry. I, I was just getting mad. I'm like, why am I mad? Like I, that's the girl I've been wanting all these years. That's the one I wanted yeah. all these years. Right. Um, and I, so again, I looked up at my ceiling, you know what I mean? That got to go up. Right. And so I look up at my ceiling and I'm like, let me have her. Like, if you, if you allow this to happen, you can have me whole stock and I will give everything back, but let me have her. And it just one after another just happened. Like it just all came together. It felt, it felt like his plan finally came together. Um, and then, you know, she's been through so much with me with, you know, real realization of my porn addiction, alcohol addiction, um, and then going to combat and coming home and struggling with realizing that I now have PTSD. I've had multiple traumatic brain injuries. Like my, I don't work the same anymore. Right. Um, so the guy that she knew now I'm a new guy, like it's completely different. Like it's not the same person now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so God has always been in and out and all of that. And, and we, we went from homeless, like as a family, you know, we were wow. me and my wife, our three children, and we were homeless. We were sleeping. We were going to sleep in a truck. And luckily my mom said, Hey, where are you? Come see, come. And we went and stayed at my mom's house, yeah. you know, and, and I was there for, we were there for about a year and I finally just, that's when I ended up back in the army. But God just was like through every stage of, of everything, every trial, like he was just like opening more doors and you don't see it's The thing is you don't see him preparing your way when right. you're on the way, right? Like you're, <laughs> you're, you're on that path and God's just like, Oh yeah, this is exactly what I wanted you. And you're just like, what is happening? Um, <laughs> But, you know, I'm like, I, cause like I'm in, I'm in Iraq and I'm a medic and they're yeah. like, Oh, you used to be infantry. You're going to be a squad leader. You're kicking indoors. You know, you're doing all those things. And then I come home and then I go to the army band and now I'm in Iraq again. Mm -hmm. And, and the whole time my wife's getting ignored by people. Like she can't get support or help. And it's just like, we didn't, you know, she, it was horrible. Like it was just crazy. And then, you know, like I go to leave the military and I'm, I'm being medically retired and like we were going to Daytona beach, Florida, you and I would have never met. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we would have never had that chance. Like we're sitting outside of the, of the, uh, the dotted line, uh, with my, with my service dog and, 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 and having that conversation that would have yeah. never happened because we were going to Daytona beach. We were going to retire to there and God opened literally every single door I ever needed. Um, so like we came up here on a four day whim, literally a four day was, we were coming up. It was, I looked at my, my, my first art and I'm like, I'm going to go to Nashville. You're going to let me go. I'm going to spend four days. And he was like, go ahead. Don't tell anybody I let you, you know, and I took off and went to Nashville and, and, and met with my publisher and, 
for the first time ever in person. And I was introduced to people in the music industry, the Christian industry, the, you know, all the things that I want to be a part of. And, and, and I was offered a job. We found a house that we should have wow. never been approved for. Like, like financially, we should, we should have never been able to afford it. It was, you know, in Brentwood, you know, yeah. it's, it's, all these things. And I mean, job, I, I was running a dude's, you know, fortune 500 company. Wow. And I'm like, I've got no bachelor's degree. I've got no degree in business. You know what I mean? I'm a high school dropout at the time. I'm in the military with a GED and I'm now going to run this dude's company all because I'm a veteran. And he was like, I want your leadership skills running my company. Wow. And what year was that? That was, I retired from the army in 2014. Um, But God just directed everything, every step, every movement. But I came, you know, my wife and I in 2013 or 12, 2012, we both went on this journey of obedience that God put us on where he was like, I need you to be more obedient my wife was one journey and mine was a separate journey, but they, they walked each other. Right. I just yeah. needed to stop fighting his call. Yeah. And she, and she like, she took out all of her makeup. She took off all of her jewelry, except for her wedding ring. And like she, I mean, and she had her ears or, you, you know, like her ears are pierced all the way around. Mm-hmm. You know, she has a nose ring. She had a belly button ring. She had, you know, jewelry on every finger and she took out everything except for her nose her for his, her wedding ring. Wow. Um, and just went through this, like, like a, basically like a recock of, of where our focus was. And, and I, you know, and, and when I had that moment where God was like, I need to be more obedient, I literally, what do we do? We go, okay, but can I have it, can I have it this way? Right. Um, yeah. And so I was really like, Hey God, can I, I if, if this is what you want, like I will go on any path, any direction you push me, but I need to know that that's where I'm going without question. If I come up against resistance, I'm not doing it end of story. If I come out and I walk through that door, like it doesn't exist. That's where I'm going. Right. And I thought about it afterwards. I'm just like, you know, like Noah did this, Moses did this, Abraham did this. Like, you know, Hey God, if there's 10 righteous people in that village, will you not destroy them? You know what I mean? Like they right. bought it with God, like what, I, what help I'll do it, but how, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I really just did that. And it's, I've really been on that. I'm still on that be, journey of obedience. You know, I did. I think I told you this. Like I, when I just read that album, like I four times I did a fundraiser for that album over the last five years, six years, wow. and couldn't raise a dime. All of a sudden, I funded the album in like six weeks. Wow! Because God's time, right? God's like, okay, you're right. a bit obedient. Here's your time. Yeah. Sometimes He gives us ideas and shows us what He's going to do, but if we st- if we do it out of His timing, it's still not going to work until it is His time. So I, that's the thing I was, so I was in a band back in 04 called Severance and it was all E's, S-E-V-E-R-E-N-C-E. So I spelled it wrong on purpose. I thought it was cool, you know, <laughs> alternative rock thing, right? It was really neat. And so we were doing really, really well for ourselves. We were getting really well known locally. Um, we went from being in, in a matter of six months, we went from playing open mic nights, like three songs just to have our music heard to all of a sudden, like people are going, Hey, I've got a show on Wednesday. Can you play? No, no, we're already booked. No, no, no. I'll pay you double. You know what I mean? It's like, so it's like, it was happening. Um, and I ended up going to Chicago to audition for NXS rockstar. Um, Mm -hmm. and the guys from, uh, Mark Burnell, um, the guy that does survivor, like it was his program. And so his people were like, Hey, we want you to stay back. And I'm like, Oh, I'm going to be on the show. Right. I was really excited. And they go, Hey, we don't want to, we don't want to talk to you about being on the show. We want to talk to you about you, about your local your other band because we had to get something right there and then the band fell apart and i auditioned for the band fuel because their singer left 
and they yeah. said, hey, they had a thing on their website. They're like, you know, download Hemorrhage, no, put your vocals on it, no effects, no nothing, one take straight through and send it back, right? And I got a call right after I had re-enlisted for the Army. You know, so, I mean, and they wanted me to come out to L.A., and I was like, hey, I, I need to know how real it is. And the guy that I was on the phone with was like, well, I can tell you that you're like, you're in our top 10. And I'm like, so we're homeless. We're sleeping on my mom's floor. This is what's happening. I need to know how real this is because I just re-enlisted to go back in the Army. And he goes, well, I can tell you that you're in our top three. It's really the best I can do. And I took a deep breath, and I was like, thanks, man. I'm going to have to pass. And I, I left for the military, you know, and because, again, it wasn't God's timing. And I can tell you now, knowing who I was then to who I am now, had I got it and had I gone to L.A. and had I gotten the job, and I probably would have. I'm very confident that there's a good chance I would have had that job with the, as a singer for Fuel. I would have screwed it up. Yeah. I would have started drinking again really bad or I would have cheated on my wife. I would have I would have done something mm-hmm. completely stupid because spiritually and mentally I was not prepared to have it yet. Right. Yeah. I think that's the difference between then and now is that now I'm prepared spiritually and mentally to handle what comes along with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. If, if anything does, you know what I mean? Which mm-hmm. I'm very confident that there's some things that are going to happen with this, but it's just, you know, it's really, again, it's God's time. It's God's right. plan. And it's the acceptance of that and the willingness to follow and be obedient. So, yes. So we got to all the really awesome stuff. And I know little bits and pieces of other parts of your story that I, I kind of want to touch on because I feel like I just force fed you with a fire hose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, here's all. Bah, take it. Take it all. So I'm going like way back first. Okay. Okay. So way back. Let's see. One, way back you, in the way back. You were adopted, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was adopted by my mother. Uh, my father who raised me was my father. Um, the mother who raised me adopted me. Um, I found out when I was 13, came home from school and dad was going to a small Christian school where the, you know, the principal, the principal drove the van that picked up my neighborhood, you know? Um, and I'm still, he had like nine kids and I'm still really good friends with several of his kids today. Like they're really great. I love them. Um, but he, uh, he drove me home that day cause I was sick and then I got home and then I think third, I, you know, and we owned a family business and I called the office and I was like, Hey, I came home sick, you know, whatever. I'm just going to lay on the couch. And then I get a phone call about 30 minutes later and I thought it was my parents just back before caller ID and all the technology yeah. we have now. And I get this, Hey, is, is this Ralphie? Cause that was my birth name. And I was like, well, yeah, who's this? She's like, my name's Jackie. I'm your mom. And I, my immediate response was you're high. My mom is at work with my dad and she blurted out crying and hung up. And then, so I was like, okay. And then, so she calls back like 20 minutes later. She's like, look, your name is, you know, Ralph Douglas Gaskin the second you were born on this date at this place. And these things happened and all this. And I go, how do you know my middle name? Cause no one was allowed. Like I was raised when I was raised up. My dad was like, no one is to know your middle name. The D is a secret. You know, da, 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 da. And I'm like, okay. And so I'm like, how do you know my middle name? She goes, I'm your mom. This is your social. I'm like, you know, I'm like, oh crap. Okay. And wow. so I, you know, she gives me your phone number and then we hang up and, you know, I, I call back to the office and I leave another voicemail and I go, you know, Hey, some lady called her name said, said her name was Jackie said, she's my mom. Uh, I don't know what's going on. I'm freaking out. Please call me back. And so they just rush home. Um, and my dad like just runs for the phone. He's like, did she leave a number? And I'm like, you know, I'm like, you know, is it true? And he goes, did she leave a number? And I go, is it true? And he asked again. And I, you know, at 13 years old, 
now mind you from 10 years or 12 years old on i've been five foot seven my dad's five foot eight right okay and i and at that point and i'm now i, I weigh 112 114 pounds like i'm tiny he's like 220 and i go is that effing true and i cussed at him you know i cussed at him and he goes just did she leave a you know and i was like right i threw it at him i didn't talk to him for like a month like i was done you know wow um and and then i was just like well you know whatever um because my mom that raised me that she just passed away last year like she was that was my mom she took, yeah. even out even after that to this day she is my mom yeah you know what i mean because having met my birth mother and gone through all this like i'm like i honestly like there's times where i look i look at i look up and i'm just like hey god why would why would you even like i didn't need to know her you know i really didn't i didn't need to know anything about her at all like that was pointless um, I still to this day don't know what I was to get from that other than the fact that now I have siblings that I wouldn't have known about. Right. So I've got a sister right. down in Florida that I adore. And then one of her other daughters, I absolutely adore. Um, the rest of them, I just don't have nothing. Like I just, I've tried. It's just not there, you know? Yeah. Um, and then the crazy, you know, the crazy, crazy thing is like, you know, like when, when my mother, when my mom, Judy died last year, I still haven't even heard from her. And I'm just like, at this point, like I've forgiven and I've moved on. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause it's like, it's, there's no point anymore. I, I'm not going to fight about it. Yeah. So, but yeah, I was adopted and found out when I was 13 and wow. it's been a, it's been a roller coaster ever since because like there were times where I tried to have a relationship with her and then it fell apart and I tried to have a relationship and then she used it as a way to try to get back and attack my dad and it just wasn't worth it. So I just kind of walked away from it. Now your dad was abusive, right? Verbally, emotionally, spiritually, um, I didn't realize it was physical. Like, but he, when I was growing up, he used to poke me in the in the left the left peck, like re, like religiously. Like, I, you're not good enough. You're an idiot. You're stupid. You'll never be as good as I am. All these things, and he hit the same. He was like magic. Like he hit the same spot every single time. And I think I was 19. I had just come back from AIT from the army from from medical school. I was married. And he went to do it again about something. And when he did, I snatched, I reached up and I snatched his finger and I go, yeah, we're not, we're not doing this anymore. And it hit me. I want to say three or four months later when I was looking in the mirror, you know, I was, I was doing my thing. I just got out of the shower or whatever. And I was doing my thing, you know, and I was like, I had had a bruise the size of a quarter wow. right here in my chest from the time I was nine years old and it was gone. Huh. It was the first time I'd ever seen my chest without that bruise. Yeah. And I, I mean, I used to watch my dad throw stuff at my mom when she'd walk into another room because he was so mad at her. Um, stuff like, he never threw it when he knew he would hit her, but it was enough that it was intimidating. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but yeah, he was very abusive. Found out, well, a couple years ago. I don't know. You're probably going to ask this, but yeah, I just found out a couple years ago that I had a whole other family that he had even before all of that, that he had thought he murdered and moved to Indiana and started over and had me and then named me my birth name, Ralph Douglas Gaskin, the second named me after the son that he thought he just murdered a couple of years prior, who's still alive to this day. All of them. So he thought he did. He, he lit the house on fire with them in it and then drove away. Wow. Yeah. Two daughters and a son. And they were all old enough that they remember it. So they all survived all of them without injury. I mean, without physical injury. Yeah. Thank God. There's definitely, yeah, there's definite daddy issues, you know, and, <laughs> and, and, and unresolved trauma for, for a couple of them. But um, I ended up meeting my, uh, my middle sister, the middle sister of the three. And she is 
like we're twins like personality wise we're twins like we're twinsies like it's favorite music favorite tv shows favorite food favorite drinks favorite like grew up doing all the same stuff and never knew each other like we all of it like we just that's wild yeah it's 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 crazy and then the cool thing is like over the last couple years we've had a lot of i think you saw them a lot on facebook we do a lot of like brother sister firsts like the first time we ever had ice cream together the first time we've ever done this together the first time that you know um and this last year on our anniversary because our crazy thing is our wedding anniversaries are on the same day i think we're two years ahead of them talk Um, about twins right um and and, but we do so for our anniversary we have a 10 acre farm and you know, we've got a swimming pool and we do like a big throw down on our, our yeah. anniversary every year and they come down and share it with us and we celebrate theirs too. Um, and this year we did fireworks off the, off here at the farm and we bought one of the big boxes that does like the 35 shots and everything. And I go, Hey, let's light it. I go, let's light it and let's lay down and watch it from the ground. Like, and she goes, oh, let's do it. And so we did. And, and she goes, Hey, that was a brother, brother, sister verse right there. Like laying in the grass, watching the fireworks. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, like. So we do every year. We try to find another, a new brother, sister first. You know what I mean? To kind of I celebrate it. it. Yeah. So when did you find out all of this? That was three years, four years ago. Okay, so it was after your dad passed. Oh yeah, because if he had been alive, I'd have probably killed him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like I'd have been like, "Hey, I'm on my way over. I'm about to scuff you up, buddy." Um, so he he died in 2004 of a massive, his second massive heart attack. Um, he was actually at my half sister's house one of the sisters I don't talk to, but he was at her house talking to her about putting her into the will and then taking me out. I had been already been fired. Like I got fired all the time, but he uh, had, was going to take me out of the will. He was going to adopt her and make her the successor to the company. Yeah. When you say half sister, do you mean? Same mom, different dad. Okay. So he, he wasn't her dad. Okay. He was going to adopt her and then give her all the stuff that I worked for 20 years for. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So he thought he murdered his family. Did he die thinking he'd murdered them? I no. So we went it's so crazy. Like this is gonna we're gonna be like 20 episodes here. Um <laughs> so when I was so yeah, so 17 or 18. I was 18. I was 18. Um had just dropped out of high school. I was dating this this girl. She was a beautiful girl, very sweetheart, great heart, and I, I really hurt her for no not on purpose. It was I don't know. I was broken. You know what I mean? And yeah. I just, I, I really, I, I hurt her like emotionally. Um, but we went to Oklahoma to go visit his father who he didn't have a relationship with and had just reconnected with. And so we went to Ufala, Oklahoma to meet my grandfather and my grandmother and hang out. And I brought my girlfriend and we spent five days there. And when we got home, apparently, and I'm just learning this stuff later in life, right? My mother, when I found out about my brother and sisters, my mother goes, well, I kind of knew about this. And I'm like, wait, what? She's like, so when we were in Oklahoma, your grandpa pulled me aside when you and Joellen went out to dinner and told me that there was other kids and that he had taken care of them for about six months after the house burnt down and your dad had left. And I'm like, oh, but we didn't know that he did it, right? We just knew the house burnt down and he left. And so she said, when they got back, when we got back to Indiana from Oklahoma, she confronted my dad about it and my dad called my grandpa crazy said he was a liar and all these things and then the leading up to him dying my dad he had apparently hired my ex-girlfriend who was our company receptionist uh-huh. to find them oh wow none of us knew about it right but he had he had, and then he he died like a week or two later 
Gotcha. So yeah. he might have not known that they were alive until your grandpa told your mom. When I was 19 and that was, wow. so he, and he, when I was 19, so he died 10 years later. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. So did they change their names and things to hide from him? No. He went to Indiana. They went to New Mexico. Gotcha. And he never, he refused to ever go back to Texas. Here's the crazy story, right? So that was in Amarillo, Texas. I went to AIT in San Antonio and I always thought growing up, because my dad always used to joke that he said if he'd ever go to Texas, he'd go to prison. Like he was he was not allowed to go back to the state of Texas. He'd we quote all... unquote joke. Yep. And the so not joke joke. Yeah, yeah. The not joke joke. And so when I was at AIT at Fort Sam Houston for medical school for the army, I was I called home like two weeks ahead, like three weeks out. And I was like, Hey, I'm graduating in three weeks on December sec on December fifteenth. Are you guys gonna come out? And my dad goes, You know I can't go to Texas, I'll go to jail. And so my family didn't come out for graduation from, from the army. And then I got on a plane and came home, you know? Um, so yeah, so he, I think he, I think he always thought maybe, you know what I mean? But he tried to start over with me, I guess. Yeah. Um, but he was overly protective and overly like emotionally. And like I said, you know, verbally and emotionally abusive. So, yeah. so crazy. Yeah. So you changed your name. Oh, 2011. I had just got home from Iraq. I had just graduated from the Army School of Music. Um, and uh, I was in a prayer group on Skype with a bunch of people I met on the internet that from all over the country. There was like 12 of us or 13 of us. And we had a, I, I'm going to call her a so-called prophet because I feel like she really used that to hurt a lot of us. Mm. Um but I was sitting there and I had my, you know, like I was wearing the same kind of headphones you have for the iPhone, you know, at the time. And I was like, I had those on my, on my thing. And, um, I literally had a God and I, I was kind of like, I'm leery about telling this part of the story, but I, it probably fits here. Um, is that I actually heard that small God, that vo it was not my voice mm -hmm. in my head saying, Hey, I have something for you. Right. And I'm like, that's usually when you hear God's voice, it's you like you feel like it's, it sounds like it's you, right? Like it's, it's your thought, but it's actually God directing your thought. Right. And then this was the first time that it wasn't my voice in my head. And I'm going like, Oh, right. And, and it's like, I have a new name for you. And I'm from now, I won't now on, I want you to go by Malachias. And I had just literally like at that point, like I had actually officially converted. I was messianic at that point. Right. I was, mm. And I was going through this obedience journey. He had me wearing castles. He had me wearing a yarmulke. Like I was eating no pork. Like I went through the stages of things, right? And then at certain points, he was just like, okay, you can have this back. You don't have to wear a yarmulke, but I want you to wear a head covering so you're going to have a hat or something on at all times, right? And for a very long time, I slowly went through this process of, you know, him chiseling away my holding on, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I had this, I'm, I have a new name for you. You're going to go by Malachias. And, and I'm like, hey, everybody, uh, shut up. Stop talking. Hold on. And they're like, wait, what, what? And I'm like, I just had this thing. Like this just happened to me. And I go, and I heard this voice and this voice wasn't mine. And I said, your name, I said this, and this guy, uh, Dijon, that was in the group with us, he immediately stopped and he goes, let me explain something to you, bro. This is what just happened. And he prophesied first time I ever been prophesied about or two about me. And he's like, you're going to lead people. You're going to help people. You're going to heal people. You're going to do this. Malachi is a Hebrew for God's messenger. You're mm -hmm. going to bring the word to people who wouldn't normally receive it, but because it's you, they're going to. 
they're going to listen because of who you are and your background and because a lot of veterans won't listen to anybody talk about their face because i mean even with what i went through i have a hard time sometimes listening to other people talk about their faith to me like you know i came out of the military and i came to brentwood tennessee and the first church we went to and i had a pastor go you know like so you were in the army huh and i was like yeah i medically retired he's like what's that mean i was medically retired which means like i have i'm disabled by the va i have PTSD and traumatic brain injury. He goes, Oh, you got that PTSD. And I was like, yes, sir. He was like, we're gonna have to work on that faith, buddy. <laughs> and I was like, you can go and I'm out. And, and we didn't go back to that church, you know? Um, and I was just like, okay. And so, yeah, so it was just one thing after another, you know, of God, again, preparing a way, setting the standard, and just going, this is what I want for you. And this is what I want you to do. Yeah. Uh, but he changed my name. And then, so when I found out about, you know, my sisters and my brother, and I had a brother, my brother, we have the exact same legal name, Ralph Douglas Gaskin the second. And wow. so when I found that out and then I found out that he was still alive, I was like, okay, he's older than me. I'm going to go legally change it to Malachias. Yeah. And I was already, I was kind of already using it. It was like an author name and all these other things. Everybody in pretty much everybody in Tennessee already knew me as Malachias. Yeah. And so when I posted on my Facebook back then, they're like, I just legally changed my name today. And they're like, to what? <laughs> to Malachias. What was it? You know, so. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. God does speak that way. And sometimes it is in a voice that sounds like our own, but there are times that it really doesn't. It sounds very different. Right? <laughs> but yeah, it's he, yeah, he opens these doors for us too that we don't even realize the doors were there. Yeah. You know, yeah, you know what you were saying about churches and how that pastor had said, We've got to work on your faith. There are so many people in the church that just don't understand trauma. Is there a spiritual aspect to it? Absolutely, yeah. Can because, God heal it? Absolutely, yes. However, when you've gone through trauma, it's not just a spiritual thing, it's a physical thing, it's a mental thing, it's an emotional thing, and there's a spiritual aspect. Yeah, I think it's all of it. And but it, but again, I think it's it's a situation where, you know, I, I even wrote about it in my book where I, I say that, you know, I fully believe that God allowed me to develop and go through this and have PTSD mm -hmm. so that I would understand it in a way that others can't, so that I can help others with it. Right. Yeah, I believe that everything we go through is not wasted. He doesn't yeah. waste anything that we go through. He uses absolutely everything that we go through for our good and for the good of others. Oh, yeah. So he sets us up to be, well, I don't believe he does any of the bad things, but he allows it because he knows the greater good that it can create later. All you know? things can come together for his. Exactly. Life. He works everything together for the good of right. those who love him and are called according to his purposes. And yeah, you know what? It sucks. It absolutely sucks that we go through it, right? That's the, unfortunately, that's the cost of the original sin, right? Because yeah. Adam and Eve screwed up. They both made their mistakes. And I blame Adam for 99% of it because Adam was there <laughs> in the garden and could have said, no, put the apple down, you know, or whatever <laughs> that fruit would have been, you know what I mean? But no, he it, it said he was there with her. Yeah. She gave it to him because he was there with her. Yep. He watched it happen first. And, and then he allowed he it. Yep. He allowed it to happen. And then he did it so she wouldn't be alone. Yep. Yeah. So you met your, when did you meet your wife the first time? 1992, the day I dropped out of high school. Okay. June, June 6th, my birthday. And you were best friends for 10 years? Is that what you said? Off and on. 
off and on. Yeah. So okay. for about a year and a half, real right away, like, like so. The crazy thing is, I met her at the mall. She was she was working at a kiosk, um, selling like new age jewelry, like you know stuff like that. And then I saw her, and I literally stopped dead in my tracks. I'm like, oh, my buddy was like, what, dude? She is smoking hot. You know, I'm like, I'm 18 years old. You know. Yeah. And he, and he goes like, go talk to her. I'm like, no way. And he's like, and I'm the guy, like, you know me, I'll talk to anybody. I'll talk to the wall. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, uh, and so he was like, wuss. And I was like, okay. And I walked over there and I'm like, can I see that bracelet? And, <laughs> and so we talked for like a good hour, hour and a half. And, you know, and, and back then I wasn't a good boy. Like I smoked and all those things. And so she, <laughs> she let my buddy Nate watch the kiosk. She locked the register and her and I slipped out the back of the mall to have a cigarette. And then we came back. Um, and then I gave her my, my beeper number because back then I had a beeper. I, didn't have cell phones, yeah. I remember beepers. And, uh, and so, but she wouldn't give me her number. So I gave her my beeper number cause I thought I was being slick. Right. And so I went home and like a couple weeks later, it's like, I think it was around, and I remember this, like, I, but it was like eight 30 at night and I'm like, I'm tired. I'm a landscaper. You know, I'm working 70 hours a week. I'm exhausted. I just got out of the shower and I started watching a movie and I'm like, I'm going to go to bed. And my beeper goes off and I don't know the number. And so I call it back and I was like, Hey, someone just paged me. And she's like, yeah, it's Paige." I'm like, oh. I'm like, Oh, it's that girl. I'm like, Hey, what's up? And she's like, Hey, I want to go play pool. And I was like, okay. And, um, she was like, I was like, well, where do you want me to meet you? And she's like, no, come pick me up. You know, I'm like, <laughs> yes. Um, and so she gave me her address and I went and picked her up and we went and played pool. And it was like, we were together almost every night going and doing stuff and going to, you know, big boy restaurants and having coffee and just singing in the atrium, you yeah. know, to the, to the music that comes on to the Muzak machine and, um, you know, going out and like just doing all kinds of stupid, like every day, hanging out and doing things. Um, and then she started dating a buddy of mine. Yeah. Cause and you, started, you didn't kiss her or anything. You were just, I was afraid that that's the only woman in my life I was ever intimidated by. And I couldn't tell her how much I liked her or cared about her or anything. But again, had I done it back then, I'd have screwed it up. Yeah. It wasn't God's plan. I would have ruined that. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, I absolutely would have. Because um, I made a lot of mistakes in the last, you know, the 10 years after that. And, um, you know, I got married to my first wife and we had a kid. And we both cheated on each other. And then we got divorced. And then I met my second wife. And, you know, I was 24 and she was 18. And. And we got married and she cheated on me and I didn't know about it, but you know, um, and I, I basically was cheating because I was, I was addicted to pornography and all kinds of other stuff, you know? Um, and so, you know, it's like, I, I wasn't a good man. And then, you know, I, I, like I said, after we split up and got divorced, my second wife, I, I had a year where I was very, very bad man. I was not a good guy at all. I treated everybody like trash, everybody. Um, and then it was like when, when Paige and I reconnected, that's when I was just like, okay, dude, like I, I want her. Yeah. If you want me, if you want me to live my life for you, give me her. And I will, and I, I literally, I remember verbatim. It was, I will do everything in that relationship with you in the center of it. Mm-hmm. And it's the first time I've ever done that in any relationship. It's the only time I've ever done that in any relationship. You know what I mean? Where it was like, God is the center of all of it. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's 20 years, even through all the trauma that we've been through me being deployed to Iraq for 28 months, like her, her being completely ignored and alienated by, by the other spouses while we were on active duty, you know what I mean? Just being treated like trash by mm-hmm. them and, but gone through all of it, coming to Tennessee, meeting new friends and getting crapped on, you know what I mean? 
um, meeting some of my my musical like people that I looked up to in the Christian music industry that just treated her like crap. You know what I mean? Um, and just like she's she's very guarded now because of it. You know, yeah. but um, she she does everything. She supports everything that I do, allows yeah. me the freedom to do it. Um, yeah, so she's just like she's she's definitely the helpmate that God had envisioned for me. Yeah, yeah, she's a great partner and awesome person because I've gotten to meet her too. Yeah, and twice as talented as I am. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> she's way better than I am, but she just she doesn't have the confidence. Like, like I'm 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 fearless about getting on stage and doing things and her not so much but but like she's way way more talented than i am like she if she if she had half of the the desire that i had with you know the not the desire but the uh the fearlessness like she she would be a household name i believe that wholeheartedly yeah the first time you were in the military was that after you married Paige? Mm -mm. no so the first time was during my first two marriages okay um and then Paige and i got married um the last year that i was in so did you deal with PTSD from that first deployment no. or the second? Well, the, the first time in the military, I didn't deploy. I was in for nine years. Oh, okay. It was from 94 to 03. Mm. And I got out just before all the deployments started. Gotcha. Um, and then I came back in 2006 and it was one after another. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So when you reconnected, you really were still the same guy, except with many years more experience. and. Yeah all of some of the crazy out of the way. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then I go to Iraq and come home broken. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like come home where it's like, like I don't, I can't sleep, you know, like I don't want to be in a crowd. I can't stand the smell at the grocery store. Like it's, there's just, there's a lot of things. Like I, I can't sit with my back to a, like not to a door or I'm not, yeah. I have to have my back to a wall. You know what right. I mean? So I know you talked about this a little bit already, but you said some of the things that God just like crazy opened the door for. Oh, yeah. So um, I was getting, I was, so I was supposed to be getting kicked out of the army 2012. Kicked and out? I, they were, I was going to get, I didn't have it. So I was a medic and I was with the army band as a vocalist. Right. But I was a medic mm -hmm. army requirement as a medic is you have to maintain an EMT basic license. Gotcha. Mine expired my last deployment to Iraq while I was in Iraq. And so when I got home, the uh, medical sergeant major for the army called me and was like, you need to get that fixed, like time now. And I'm like, okay, all right, I'll work on it. He's like, no, 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 you're going to go do it now. Go take the class, take the test, get it done. All right. So I went and registered, took the class, and I failed the test. Um, and so the army was like, you have two options. We can either put you in a different job. Or we're going to chapter you. And I'm like, I'm not going back in the infantry because I used to already, I was already infantry before and I have PTSD and all this stuff like that. And they're like, okay, well, you've got 90 days, man. We're probably going to chapter you. You're going to be done. And so I'm like, I'm freaking, right? I, I go to my, my therapy. I'm going to therapy every week. So I go to my therapist. I'm like, they're going to kick me out. I don't know what to do. I'm on all these meds and all these things. And I was on like, I mean, I was on a 24 pill cocktail. Hmm. And, uh, and she was like, well, I'm like, I, I, she's like, well, what are you talking about? I'm like, I've got PTSD. She goes, you don't have a diagnosis, honey. And I go, then why do I come to you? Why am I medicated? I'm on antipsychotics. Yeah. How do I not have a diagnosis? And and she's just like, she's like, why is it important to have a diagnosis? I'm like, I have at the time 14 years in the army and they're going to separate me with zero benefits. Nothing. Um, and so I, I was about 30 days out from getting kicked out. 
and with with what's called a chapter 13 for it and, and so i was going to be done no benefits no nothing no medical no anything um and one of my soldiers and i got into an argument and i turned and i punched we had a glass door like the old movie theater doors and so mm -hmm. i turned and i punched this door and it explodes and i'm like oh there it is i'm going to jail destruction of government property i'm losing rank i'm gonna lose money i'm getting kicked out of the army anyway blah 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 and my commander god bless this man um tells me go go sit down i'll be out in a minute and he comes outside he goes hey come on get my truck jump in his truck and he drives me over to the head of behavioral health for the post and she's like hey so tell me why we should medically why we why should we should med board you instead of kick you out and I, so I laid out like, look, I'm just yelling at her. I'm like, yo, I'm broken. And this is happening. I'm on all these meds. They're kicking me out, blah, 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 all these things. And she goes, I, you're not telling me what I want to hear. And I go, well, you tell me what you want to F in here. And I'll F and tell. Like, I lost it on her. Right? I'm yeah. her out. And she's like, well, all right, here's the deal. I'm going to take all of your stuff. And I had a medical packet that was like six inches thick. And she was, I'm going to take this and give it to a partner of mine. And if he says that I should put you into the medical retirement, that's what I'll do. But if he says no. She goes, you're getting chaptered in 30 days. Just be prepared. And I'm like, whatever, B word. <laughs> I turned around and walked out, right? I was not a good, like, I was not happy. And so um, the next morning, that was Thursday, the next morning on Friday, my commander takes me to go see her again. I didn't want to go. And he takes me over to go see her. And she goes, so your medical retirement thing starts to, on Monday. And I'm like, what? And this is, again, this is a God door, right? Yeah. I'm like, what are you talking about? She was like, so I gave your packet to my partner. And in five minutes, he was on the phone cussing. He, he talked to me like no man has ever talked to me in my life. Asking me why you deployed a second time. Why were you in Iraq for 13 months again? Why did this happen? Why were you on these medications? You were still in the military. This happened. She was all these, all these, like the, the markers and the trigger points that were supposed to have been, were there. No one looked at them. Right. Wow. And that entered me into a two and a half year, which normally takes, a year to a year and a half, right? Two and a half year medical retirement process where I got literally prepared to sit there. My wife put took two. Now my dog's doing it. Um, so we uh, got, you know, set this up to where it was like I had all this time to get prepared. My wife started paying off debt mm -hmm. and doing all this stuff to where we were ready to go. <laughs> you know what I mean? When I got out, we were ready to go. But he set everything in place. Like we said, we came to Tennessee on a four-day weekend out of nowhere and it was like we found a house i was offered a job i was introduced to people i needed to know um in ev every different industry that i needed to be a part of you know and then we get here and money that should not have been hitting the bank my tax return that year came six weeks early wow my travel pay for leaving in georgia to come to tennessee hit six weeks early i got a bonus that i didn't know was coming you know what I mean? Like all these yeah. things just happen. Like every time I needed, like, oh my God, we need twenty five hundred dollars. I don't know where it's going to come from, baby. We just got a thirty two hundred dollar deposit from the army for this. <laughs> like it, I never missed a paycheck. Like people were struggling, telling me all the time back then, like in two thousand twelve through two thousand fifteen, they would tell you when you leave the army to the VA, there's a three to four month disconnect of payments before you start getting paid again. I never missed a check. Wow. Everything hit the way God opened that door to where everything happened nonstop the way it was supposed to happen. I took this job that I was not qualified for <laughs> with a man who was so patient. First time he, when I fully took 
the reins as the guy running his company. I was the office manager and I'm running this guy's company and we're having a, our corporate meeting for the week. And he comes in, Hey, we're going to do this new thing with the banks. We're going to send, we were working with banks. He's going to send out this thing. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And I'm listening to him talk about it. And I go, now nah, we're not going to do that, man. That's stupid. We're going to do this. I, I think this will work better. And this is why boom. And he goes, Oh, I actually like that idea. Let's go with it. Right. And at the end of the meeting, he goes, Hey, can you stay back for a minute? I'm like, Hey, yeah. What's up, man? And he's like, you can't call me stupid in front of everybody. I go, I didn't because in military language, we, that's how we talk to each other. Right. Like that's, yeah. I'm not calling you dumb. Right. This is, this is not good. Right. That's what stupid means. It means not good. Um, <laughs> to the military. Right. And so he, right. so he realized at that point, this is like week four, I've been on the army and he goes, Oh, okay. We're going to work on this. I'm like, what? He goes, communication. Yeah. He goes, you, I got to fix the way that you talk. He goes, not what you're talking about, but how you're doing it. He goes, because I thought you were calling me stupid. Yeah. And I'm like, oh. So he took time. Like, I, I, God blessed me with a patient man to take the time to re, basically reassign me with the way that I would interact with people. Um, yeah. And I took that year, and then I started my own company um, doing landscaping, which I don't know why. I mean, <laughs> you know, I started – I, I landscaped for 20 years and I didn't want to ever do it again. But for some reason in Brentwood, this door opened where I was building these gardens for these homeschool moms and these churches and things like that. And these private schools and all that. Um, and they were buying them left and right. And they were custom designs for everybody. So, you know, you add custom, you right. add money, you get to add extra money. Right. Um, and, uh, but yeah, God just really showed up big and we went from homeless in 2006 to 2016 we bought a 22 acre farm and in 2021 we sold or 2022 we sold 12 acres and paid off all of our debt wow because god put everything in place yeah yeah he's amazing he is amazing i was just doing an episode about how he gives double for our trouble he did. He has. He, I mean, without question, he has doubled and tripled everything that we've been through. Like, I mean, yeah. I, I was, I was just, you know, I was just gifted a motorcycle this year. Mm -hmm. a, a gorgeous, gorgeous motorcycle. Um, Weren't you gifted a truck too? No, no, no. I, I traded in my okay. SUV. Oh no, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we were my nonprofit was gifted an SUV. Yeah. Um, and and like my one of my college professors goes, hey, here. Just paid, just paid to transfer the title. Yeah. You know? So, okay. Yeah. And then people, people came to like, I, I say, hey, I want to put a custom wrap on this vehicle to make it professional. You know what I mean? Cause it looked really bad. The outside did like the body was good, but the paint was just really bad. Um, yeah. And I said, I want to do this. And people came like out of nowhere and we had the funding for the wrap in a couple days. Wow. Yeah. In a couple That's days. Amazing. Like it was crazy. That's amazing. Yeah. You went to Bible college at one point too, didn't you? I went to Lipscomb University in Nashville. It would be a phenomenal place to have a Christian university. Um, they, <laughs> uh, it's a really, it's a really good school. It really is. Uh, I, so I was going, you know, I started that landscape company in Brentwood and then I tore my meniscus to the point where I, I couldn't barely walk. Um, and so I stopped working. I was already hundred percent disabled by the VA. I was making pretty good money on my disability. Yeah. I wasn't too concerned. Our bills were paid. And I get a phone call from my buddy who's a Marine Corps veteran. And he's like, hey, man, what are you doing? I'm drinking a beer, eating Cheetos, playing a video game. <laughs> and he goes, 
come meet me at Lipscomb tomorrow. I want to buy you lunch. And so I did. I, I met him at Lipscomb and um, I came home with a class schedule because I had registered for 16 credit hours. I didn't know what had just happened. <laughs> and yeah. And in 24 months, I went from high school dropout to college graduate. Wow. And I graduated with honors. I got my braided cord. I was a member of the Psychi fraternity, which is an honor all as an honor roll fraternity. Um, and uh, I mean, like I said high school dropout, and I graduated with with all honors. You know what I mean? And wow. got my my mom got to see me walk in graduation, which she never got to see me walk graduation high school. You know what I mean? So that was that was a big deal. You know? That's amazing. Got got my bachelor's in psychology and. You know, I started working on a master's in counseling and my mom got sick with cancer and everything kind of spiraled. Like I went through another trial and couldn't figure out what that, I'm still trying to figure out what that one was for. Right. Um, but I'm sure it'll, it, it's, it, it'll, it'll, it'll come in a moment where I'll be like, ah, that's why I went through this. You know what I mean? So. I think sometimes it's just about being able to sit with people in their grief. Yeah. That could be it too. hundred percent. And you'd have to do that a lot. So. It's a lot easier to do that when you've been there and understand. So if you could leave the audience with one nugget of wisdom, encouragement, knowledge from today, what would it be? Don't stop. I tell, I tell a lot of people this a lot of times and, and they look at me really crazy when I say it. I want you to stop stopping. <laughs> I want you to quit quitting. Okay. Things get hard. Things just don't work or whatever, right? The way that I, I, I get people that look at me all the time and they go, yeah, well, it comes, everything comes so easy for you because you're not seeing all the failures and all the things that didn't go because as soon as I'm on my obedience journey, right? If I feel that this isn't where God wants me, I set it down and I go to something else, right? So if you're doing this, whatever this is, right? Like, for example, I'll just, if you're going to the gym, Okay. And you're going to the gym and then you screw it up and you don't go for three or four weeks, right? That's okay. Go back to the gym. <laughs> Start over, right? If you're an alcoholic and you go on a bender for two days, stop drinking, right? It's okay. You're not, you didn't end your sobriety. Go back on right now. Stop. It's over, right? <laughs> what was that? The, the TV show Cheers, right? Sam? was an alcoholic and then all those, and he always carried that bottle cap around and he lost his bottle cap. And then he almost picked up that beer that day and he went to take a drink and he took the bottle cap off and he poured the beer out and put the bottle cap back in his pocket. Right. Just because something gets difficult doesn't mean it's not supposed to happen. Number one, but understand that the path that you're on has been preordained, right? I don't believe that our faith is preordained and all of that, but our paths are preordained. It's what we choose to do while we're on it, right? Mm -hmm. Things are going to suck. Things are going to hurt. Things are going to go do it, okay? But don't just quit, quit giving up, right? Just quit giving up. I would rather you quit on the giving up than quit on the path, right? But there are so many things like we have a phrase in the military, and I guess I'll just leave you with this. Mm -hmm. um, discomfort brings growth. That's right. Okay. It, it, you're going to go through things on the other side of it. You're going to be amazing. Mm. Enjoy the journey. Just, just enjoy the journey, right? It's going to suck. Parts of it are going to suck. It is what it is. It's going to get better because I'm telling you, I've been homeless with a wife and children as a man looking at it. Like I completely failed my family. 
I've struggled with suicidality. I've struggled with all of it, right? There's another side to it. You'll come out yeah. better on the other side because now you'll be able to take that to help others with it. I love that. Especially, you know, saying discomfort brings growth mm -hmm. because when discomfort comes, I mean, what are the reasons people drink? What are the reasons people end up in bad relationships, right? What are the reasons that people do these things that cover up the pain? Because those things are easier yeah. or more comfortable in the moment than facing it. But what's more comfortable in the moment causes a lot more pain long-term. Oh, yeah. Whereas allowing the discomfort in the moment, allowing that hard process, allowing yourself to feel, allowing yourself to walk out of the things that feel safe and into the things that are right it brings it's growth. Less, it's less scary to stay in your trauma and your hurt than it is to do the things you need to do to heal from it. Yep. Because that's, it's, it's scarier to heal because you already know where you are. You don't know what's over there, right? We, which we actually do, right? Joy is over there, but we mm -hmm. haven't had it in so long that we've forgotten what it feels like. So it's easier and less scary to sit here and go, I'm okay with the sucking. Yeah. Because when things shouldn't. suck, it feels like there's nothing to lose. So it feels safe. I've already, I already the, know what this is. But the problem is there is more to lose. It can keep getting worse. And then you never get the joy. Right. It's like you said, we do know what's, there is joy on the other side. There is, that is what's there. There is goodness. There is joy. God has blessings for you. God has opened doors. Oh yeah. He has amazing things that you couldn't even asked, thought, or imagined on the other side of the discomfort. Oh, yeah. So, good word. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, listeners, for joining us. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week, and I will talk to you next week. Where you begin.